Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, in the words of my mouth, and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> Celebrating the gift of the church. Birthdays can be a lot of fun. And granted, some people may not want to be reminded of the many years that have passed, but they give us an opportunity to celebrate a particular person in our lives. Our day-to-day -day interactions with each other can become mundane, and sometimes we take each other for granted. But birthdays, birthdays remind us that each person contributes to our own life's experiences in a special way. And we should take a moment at least once a year to consciously affirm these people in our lives. This week, we celebrate the birthday of the church. This is a time for us to take special notice of the contributions that the church makes in our lives and express our gratitude for the people in our congregation. This is also a time when we give thanks for the gift of the Holy Spirit that was experienced by the early disciples on that special Pentecost day in Jerusalem. The celebration of Pentecost, meaning 50th day, had been taking place in Jerusalem for many years prior to the event that we read about in our passage today. It was the great feast of Shabbat, the feast of weeks, which was celebrated 50 days after Passover. During this time, the Jews came together in Jerusalem from various places to give thanks to God for the harvest and to offer the first fruits of that harvest. So the followers of Jesus had gathered together during this time in someone else's home so they could participate in this feast together. There were men and women, free people and slaves. There were the 12 apostles that were highly exalted or people looked up to, and as well as many unnamed disciples that were with them. And then suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like a rush of a violent wind that filled the entire house. And then divided tongues as of fire rested on each person, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But note that there was no wind or fire, literally. The Holy Spirit came with a loud sound that was like a rushing wind, a sound but not the wind itself. Likewise, there were no divided tongues of fire, but they were divided tongues as of fire that rested on each person. These were signs, signs from heaven that leave have no literal parallel meaning to anything that exists in our earthly realm. So the author of Acts describes them as sounding like wind and looking like flames. These were indications of a new presence the presence of the Holy Spirit that gave birth each person in that room gathered together the gift of speaking in a foreign language. The gift was not given only to certain people, but they were given to all the disciples that had gathered together, including the young, the old, the women, the men, the free, the slaves, everybody that was there, even the apostles and those that were unknown, were given the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
The disciples started speaking in their newly learned languages about God's great deeds of power. And those who heard them were amazed. Many of the disciples were from Galilee, which was not known as a great source of exceptionally literal people. So those from those many different regions hearing their own language being spoken by these followers of Jesus were amazed. But yet they could apparently understand what was being said. The disciples' speech was not like the unintelligible speech that we hear of from Paul in 1 Corinthians. The act of speaking in tongues described in that letter was a form of speech that was related to a particular country or region. It required someone with a different spiritual gift in order to interpret what was being said. The language is spoken by the, the, the disciples in Jerusalem during Pentecost was perfectly understandable to anyone from that region that was, had that language. Some saw this as a sign, and they tried to make sense of it. But others just assumed the disciples were filled with new wine or drunk. But Peter addressed the crowd and confronted the hecklers. No, the disciples were not drunk. After all, it was only nine in the morning. Perhaps, in a sense, you could say they were filled with new wine, figuratively. In chapter 5 of the Gospel of Luke, which is thought to have been written by the same person who wrote Acts, Jesus was confronted by people who asked him why his disciples were not following the same traditions as the disciples of John the Baptist or the Pharisees. He replied that, quote, No one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and will spill out, but the skins will be, and the skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins, and no one after drinking old wine desires new wine, but says the old is good. These disciples gathered at Pentecost were the fresh new wineskins that had received the new wine of Christ's gospel message. They weren't drunk but they were filled with the Holy Spirit as promised by Jesus. Peter continued addressing the crowd by paraphrasing the prophet Joel. Joel had foretold what would happen in the last days. God's Spirit would be poured out upon everyone, whether they were slaves or free, men or women, sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions, and old men will have dreams. There will be signs of blood, fire, and smoky mist, and the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord. Quote, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Within today's passage, describing the arrival of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, much of Joel's prophecy is fulfilled, but not all of it. God's Spirit was clearly poured out on everyone there, whether they were men or women, slaves or free, and they all prophesied. There was a vision of something that looked like tongues of fire, and there were signs of the Holy Spirit. But there were no signs of blood, fire, or smoky mist, or changes to the sun or moon. It's almost as if the transition prophesied by Joel started on that Pentecost day, <clears throat> but we're still in the midst of it. It has started, but it's not complete. The shared experience of these first disciples, present for the gift of the Spirit, 
propelled them into a situation where their identity as a group had a new meaning. They became the church, the body of Christ moved by the Spirit here on earth. As a body, they quickly grew and spread throughout the region and eventually the world. Over the years since this special day, the church has had both successes and failures. Mistakes have been made that have distracted people from the gospel message, but there have also been many wonderful portrayals of Christ's teachings through the lives of devoted followers. Overall, I think there has been much more good than bad. There are many more examples of inspiration and compassion that have reflected the love of Christ that we have been taught to share compared to the destructive mistakes that have taken place. I think that the mistakes happen when we lose sight of Christ and the church. While human endeavors can be fallible, God's endeavors are not. So the church is only successful when it explicitly focuses on God's agenda. When the church is guided by personal interests or goals, or when leaders mistake their own biases for God's will, things go awry. But by intentionally seeking to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and loving our neighbor as ourselves, we can be more certain that we are heading at the right direction. And as the first gathering first discovered on that special day of Pentecost, the church is not a gathering of spectators. It's a gathering of disciples that are immersed and evolved, involved. All of the disciples who were present in those first days when the Holy Spirit came were given gifts to proclaim the gospel message in different languages. Nobody was left out. Likewise, all of us today are encouraged to be active in ministry. If you feel inspired or called to participate in a new or different way in the life of the church, let us know. Let me know. You can send email, call the church, or simply fill out a prayer request today. By becoming more active in ministry, you will build closer relationships with others in our community as well as with Christ. Today, as we celebrate the birthday of the church, the body of Christ, I encourage you to reflect on how you have been impacted by this community. How have you been uplifted, encouraged, inspired, or enlightened? Where do you feel the Holy Spirit calling you to go into the world and share the gifts that you have received? In what ways are you feeling motivated to express your gratitude for the existence of the church? As we continue toward that final day, when the Lord comes again, let's keep the faith and encourage one another. May Christ continue to lead us in a spirit of love and compassion as we journey together along the path of discipleship. And may we find renewed inspiration as we celebrate the amazing gift of the church. Amen.